Welcome to the Digital Landlord Podcast. Each episode, you'll be hearing from leading experts in the property industry. They'll be discussing strategies, insights, and real-life stories about how to be a successful modern landlord and how to use technology to manage their property portfolios. And now for your host, CEO of Lenlord.io, Aviram Shaha. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome along to another episode of the Digital Landlord Podcast. I'm Aviram Shah, co-founder and CEO at Landlord and the host of this podcast. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Paul Champlina, uh, the founder of Landlord Action since 1999 and currently the chief commercial officer at Hamilton Fraser and features in Channel 5's Nightmare Tenant Slam Landlords TV show. Hi, Paul. Great. Hi, pleasure to be here. Yeah, great having you here with us. Uh, it's a pleasure for me. Uh, uh, to be here with you and uh, that uh, you uh, uh, agreed to be one of our guests in this podcast. So, you know, in this podcast, we discuss technology, property, landlords issues and how they can leverage technology to help them grow their property business or to manage better their uh, portfolios. Uh, but first, if you can share with our audience, you know, in a few words about your journey your experience with landlords and in the property market? Yeah, so uh, I kind of like fell into property the legal way, really, which was basically working in law. And uh, and I ended up, you know, acting for landlords doing evictions. I mean, while working for solicitors, uh, you know, I, I issued my first possession claim, Avram, in 1991. So... You're supposed to say I don't look old enough, but I'll, I'll take that anyway. Uh, but basically, uh, and then of course the buy, I, I, and then I became a private investigator and a bailiff. But I'd always been collecting debt, and I wasn't a landlord then. I actually had to rent my property out in 1994 by default in Edgware, uh, and I had to rent it out because actually I was starting my business. I had no money, and I went to live with a friend, and I went to, and that's how my my first experience of renting was. And then what happened was, uh, met my previous uh, business partner. I evicted some tenants for him. Uh, it was over 20 sub-tenants in a three-bed house. Um, and I got rid of them. And I did it all for fixed fees. But I worked close with Firma Solicitors. And out of that, we started Land Reaction, 99-2000. And then really, the buy-to-let boom started in 2003 in the UK. And then it, it all went mad. And our business grew. And I, uh, you know, I... Uh, I started doing a lot more media and PR to get the name out and stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's how it started. And then we, we were the first company to do fixed fees and offer a free advice line because we thought solicitors were charging too much money. So we were like a disruptor, a bit like what happens in the tech industry, you know, well, at that time. And uh, there was a lot of solicitors that were very patronising towards us and quite pompous and who are you, you know, because we changed the way things have been done, you know, and to try and make life easier for the consumer being the landlord because, you know, evicting a tenant can be quite confusing and every time you pick up the phone, every time you write a letter, lawyers charge, you know that, you know. And then, uh, and then in 2014, we became a firm of solicitors. So there was a lot of unregulated eviction companies that went out there and they weren't doing things correctly. And there's still companies like that today, believe it or not. 
uh, where they're filling in court forms and now issuing a, a court claim or an evicting a tenant is more difficult than ever before because of the changes in legislation and notice periods, especially what happened in COVID. But yeah, so we, we were basically like emergency plumbers for landlords. That's how I got into it. And then I became a landlord after setting up Landlord Action. And then in 2017, I sold Landlord Action to Hamilton Fraser. Uh, Hamilton Fraser owns my deposits, property redressing, client money protect, total landlord insurance. We also own Landlord Zone. We own lots of different brands within the private rental sector. So it was a good fit for me and my business to be part of a, a bigger, a bigger network. Yeah, sounds amazing. And uh, I really like the the comparison to a tech company because if I look at your history, so basically you started the interaction from. Um, can I say from personal experience? So basically, you had this friend that you, you needed to do the eviction for him, um, and then basically you disrupt mainly the business model, and then you also, um, I believe, the way you act with tenants as well. Yeah, I mean, basically, I evicted. You know, I had years of experience on the ground. You know, doing all different types of things. I mean, I could tell you mad stories I did of being a bailiff and debt collector and all that type of stuff. And then I evicted tenants, and he he was paying lawyers like three thousand pound a case, and I was doing it all in all in from start to finish for twelve hundred pound. He couldn't believe it, and I said, "No, we do it in three steps. You serve a notice, issue court proceedings, get the bailiffs in. Albeit now it's much more def- difficult, more technical. There's much more legislation. There's mo- loads of more barriers to be able to serve a notice, especially a section twenty one notice. So, and then of course I we started speaking a certain language to landlords." And that's where I got, uh, with all the campaigning that I did, as in as me, we, we got a name in the industry as the landlord's friend. So we're there to hold their hand through a tough time. And reali- realistically, I mean, I know we've gone through COVID and the default rate was about 7 8%. It was quite high. Normally it's maybe 3 4%. Uh, but we understand landlords. And of course, you know, you've got 2.5 million landlords out there, of which 80%, 86% of them have one between one and four properties. It is the small, I mean, I'm sure we're going to come on to this, it is the smaller landlords that get, get themselves in more trouble because managing a property now is more difficult than ever, ever, ever before. And you have to be professional. Even if you've got one land, you know, landlord that's coming onto your platform, I've seen your platform, it's a great platform, saves time, saves money, and it helps landlords with compliance as well and sees what their, uh, what their, how their portfolio is running economically, which is really good in how, how it's performing. Um, you know, being a landlord now, you know, you have to join a landlord uh, uh, association like the NRLA for £75, you know, but you've got to be invested in this. If you haven't got time to be hands on or you don't want to take a call from the tenant because a boiler's broken down or whatever, you have to get, give it to an agent to fully manage, period. And the difference between self-management and let only, there's not a lot. And landlords don't put a price on their time. That's where they... They go wrong. You know, they could be a foot. They've got a full time job and we've come out of pandemic, which has been really, really stressful. And landlords have lost their jobs and lost their livelihoods, not just tenants. Uh, but you've got to you've got to make sure that you've you know, you've really got good suppliers around you. So we're with a supply if it goes wrong. But yes, an agent, if it's let only good maintenance teams, you know, good, a good inventory, like whatever it may be, good mortgage broker. Good, so you've got to have really good people around you. You know, that, that, that's imperative and getting the good advice. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, if, if I look at Landlord, our platform, basically our vision was to help landlords, you know, better performing. And you spoke about the unprofessional landlords. And you are right. The, the, the vast majority are small landlords. It can be even like accidental landlords. 
they are not all the time aware what uh, they need to do or from what they need to, um, um, to, pay, to pay attention. And also what data they have uh, and how to organize it. And how they store it. Storing data, they can get done, you know, under GDPR, a landlord that's self-managing has to keep data in a certain way, otherwise they could be fined. I think, look, the reality is naivety and dumb insolence is not a defence. So the I think some of the best legislation that came in was in 2007 when the deposit uh, scheme were launched, where, i.e., you know, landlords still think a tenant's deposit is their money. It's not, it's the tenant's money. And it's now five weeks. And obviously, we own my deposits, and we do over 10, 12,000 adjudications a year. You know, we've got 80, 90 staff at my deposits and take over 130,000 calls a year from landlords, tenants, letting agents about, deposit, about deposits. But it stopped loads of spurious claims going in the counterclaims. You've got to realise that some of the biggest changes in the private rental sector in 30 years are going to happen in the next couple of years, which is the Renters Reform Bill. So the abolishment of Section 21, which obviously I've been heavily involved in, you've got lifetime deposits, that's going to come and kick in, which is basically how does the tenant deal with the issue where they need to get their deposit out of the deposit scheme, so they need that deposit back to go to the next place. That void, how does that work so that they don't lose their other place? So the government are looking carefully at that. They're looking at deposit replacement alternatives and making sure they're regulated. Then, of course, they're looking at changes to the assured short-hold tenancy, a bit like what's happening in Scotland. Uh, and then, of course, you've got landlord redress coming in, which we're heavily involved in with the property redress scheme. And they've talked about landlord registration. Some of those those components are going to be some of the biggest things and the biggest changes. And I say to landlords, you know, demand is really strong. Everyone needs to sleep somewhere. And we've got landlords exiting the marketplace because of Section 24. And, you know, landlords have just had enough. You, got, you know, some of those landlords that have been landlords for 20 years, they've done really well. So they're going to cash, cash in. But, you know, landlording is a long-term game. Uh, and the secret to the game is is that your tenant is a customer. Treat them as a customer. Uh, live in a property that you'd want to live in. Make sure you have good dialogue. Keep your arms left, length away from them. Make sure that they look at the property as their home. Because the more they treat it as their home, the more they stay in it. And actually, uh, prior to COVID, so we're talking about, you know, January, February, 2020, I think the stats were that the average term of a tenancy was four years and three months, believe it or not. People think it's six months or 12 months on AST. And the name of the game is get a tenant, get a great tenant, build a good rapport up, don't keep putting the rent up every year, don't need to. You know, I've got a tenant in Spain, I've only just put the rent up first time in five years, he's a great tenant, I don't hear anything from him. And there's a saying, Evram, no news is good news. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, as long as your tenants they're paying the rent and they're looking after the property, great, keep them, keep them the property because you don't want to get void periods. You certainly don't want a tenant not paying the rent. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, that that's the name of the game. It's stability in your business, like uh, it's it's better to do it like like this, and uh, instead of uh, getting vacancies uh, into your properties, and then you know, like you, you will pay more uh, than just like. Uh, uh, yeah, your reletting fees and cleaning, whatever it may be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, Paul, if you look at uh, you mentioned the pandemic, I think what we see in the last um, say eighteen, almost eighteen months or two years, um, is trend the trend of prop tech, and we see more and more landlords trying starting to adopt digital tools. So we see it at landlord, 
but we see it in other aspects of uh, the landlord uh, journey, the lonely life for also for property investors. Um, so I'd love to hear like from you how you um, see PropTech and the, imp the impact you, see, you think it will put into the property market in, in the next uh, few years. Yeah, I mean, f first, if you rewind the clock to the 20th of March 2020, I think it was, if I remember rightly, I remember having a management meeting in our boardroom with our senior staff, and I said, we have to, we don't know what's happening, no one knew what was going to happen, right, we're all in the unknown, and we're all going to be sent home, we don't know how long we're going to be for, and I'll admit for it, the first four to six weeks, I struggled mental health-wise, because I'm everywhere. I go everywhere. I do. I've got a really varied job, and that's what I love about my job. I don't just go. People see me on the TV and think I'm going out doing evictions all the time. I don't do that. I just do that for the media. But obviously, I have a big job here at Hamilton Fraser, working with brands, overseeing media, overseeing sales, and education. Right? And I said you have to engage with your customers because obviously, the eviction ban came in. Right, landlords were panicking. The tenants weren't going to pay their rent. Landlords were struggling. They were everyone was on furlough. You know, uh, you know there was over six million people on universal credit or something. It was just it was crazy, absolutely crazy. I said engage your customers, and what I decided to do myself is I decided to have do an engagement piece a day. So I was working at home. All I had was my laptop, and of course. We all wish that we would invest in, in Zoom shares, don't we? <laughs> you most probably did, knowing you, right? Uh, but basically, everyone was doing webinars and podcasts. And I did the best part of most probably 45, 50 webinars and podcasts over 18 months. And I did it for my mental health. So I was doing an, I was doing an event every day to help me and engage and giving updates on what's happening, legislation tries. I mean, there was... There was 47 changes by the England, Wales and Scotland private rental sectors with regard to what happened in the COVID-2020 Act. So keeping up to date what was happening, could you go and do a viewing? What happened if your tenant was isolating, you had an HMO? I mean, they were quite slow in, in coming up with some of the rules, but we got quite lucky in the property industry in the UK. Well, in England especially, because they opened up the property market mid-May when everything was in severe lockdown after two months. So it underpins the economy. So, uh, yes, of course, you had a lot of foreign nationals that would leave, obviously, and obviously there was a lot of people leaving HMOs, um, and you had the guaranteed rent market affected, student rentals got massively affected, but the worst affected market was the commercial property market, obviously. It was, was going to get affected. So prop tech with regard to me, webinars, that was the most direct thing. Obviously, there was some great apps that came out with regard to viewings and how you could do viewings, uh, obviously, with digital. I mean, that was obviously imperative. I think, actually, if you look at the old school stuff with regard to DocuSign and signing documents, that was important. They changed the rules, uh, Avram, with regard to right to rent laws, where you can't see some of their, with obviously, their, their IDs and their visa status. You had to do it on, on video. That was important. And then, of course... You know, looking at the platforms and looking at platforms like yours and others. And obviously, you know, we won one of the biggest landlord breaking news sites in the country as in Landlord Zone. And we're, we're a big champion of prop tech. I think there's a lot of landlords that don't understand it. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit of a dinosaur. But you know what? If you're building a portfolio up and you need to put the deposit and deposit scheme, you need to make sure that your tenancy agreement is correct. 
You need to make sure that you serve an EPC gas safety how to rent guide. That stuff prior, okay? Then can you get a rent guarantee? Then how do you do your inventories? How do you do midterm inspections? Have you got your HMO license? You can't, if you're building a portfolio and you're running a business, albeit obviously the way people are, are working now is different and there's people who have evaluated their lives and working from home. But I mean, I can tell you now for Hamilton Fraser, uh, our infrastructure team did an amazing job. We've got 230 employees with 12, 10 to 12 different brands. And we use a system called 8x8. And it was an absolute godsend. We got we didn't know the pandemic was going to happen. They set everyone up and we would do talk talks like this, or I could do presentations. It's an internal messaging service. It was for us, Hamilton Fraser, it was an absolute godsend. So I mean that was really important. But platforms now, uh, with landlords seeing how their platforms are doing on a daily, weekly basis, seeing the red flags rather than you write in a book, oh, I need to do the gas safety that day. You miss it, it's fatal, and you could end up getting fined. So, you know, prop tech is absolutely imperative now in property management. Yeah, absolutely. And we see it also in terms of like the accessibility of your data. So basically, you can basically access from anywhere at any time. And, um, and, 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 and you see, in terms of, you mentioned the compliance, so what we see when we speak with users and customers, they're not always aware of the things that they need um, to keep in terms of compliance, like gas safety certificates, EPCs, the landlord insurance, like, and you know, when, when it's time you know, to, uh, to do midterm inspection, all of this stuff. Mm. Uh, and if you manage your property portfolio in a digital way, this is goes without saying. And it just not just like use a tool because if we look at our platform and other like similar platforms, so we take you know generic methods, but we customize it to the property world. So even if you look at accounting, so we have you know like very enhanced cash flow management uh, model, uh, but it's uh, designed you know for property uh, business. So basically, you don't need to customize the platform. Um, to help you with properties, it's, it's, it's like by design like this. And also all the other aspects of analyzing you, um, manage your rent collection, be on top of your, the performance of the properties to make better decisions. Yes. And also the finance uh, insight. So everything uh, is in, in one place. And what we saw like during the pandemic is like more and more landlords understanding that they need to adopt those kinds of tools because well, yeah, they, I mean, you know, like habits, people don't like changing habits, but COVID enforced the habits, yes, you know, and the way you do business and how you communicate. I mean, 92% of tenants look up properties online, yeah. okay? They look up from their smartphones. And actually, you know, a, a big a, a big competition to landlords, small landlords, is build to rent in urban areas. People don't understand what build to rent is. And I do talks and no landlords know what build to rent is. It's quite frightening, really. But if you look at that with regard to the customer experience and what tenants want now. So if you look at you've got older tenants, you've got millennial tenants, whatever, their expectancy with regard to the rental product that they're renting is higher than ever. And the problem you've got is tenants are driven by the property, the price of the property, they're not driven by their landlord or the letting agent, okay? And yes, we have road letting latent list and we have road landlord lists and we don't have a road tenant list, but what it is, is the comms, if you've got an app, you know, if you've got a platform where you can communicate with your tenant 
you know, and you've got you've got you've got uh, 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 you know when repairs are 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 reported upon, and the tenant won't give you access, which is a massive problem, Avram. And, and you know when they abolish section uh, twenty one, and you're looking at strengthening the grounds for section eight. And I did. I was on a working group quite a few years ago, you know, the first working group, and I said access has got to be a ground, you know, because there's only two mandatory grounds. Is trying to get into a property, trying to do a gas safety check, but the tenant won't let you in. But you've got nothing documented, you know. You could be you could be fined, and you know, but because the tenant, you know, you've got some things logged. And I think it is. It's now everything you've got a trail, and it's really important for the landlord because landlords now compliance is the the, the biggest challenge. Finding tenants is not. You know, I I, I had a uh, meeting with one of the biggest letting agents in London a couple of weeks ago, and he says on average, Paul, we have eleven tenants looking applicants looking for one property. Oh. You know, the demand is really strong. Demand will always be yeah. there. People need to sleep somewhere. So I think it, it landlords now have to be professional. They have to up their game, and if they don't want to up their game, depending where their product is. Or they don't want to be hands-on. They have to evaluate where they are. You know, do they want to cash in their chips? Because some landlords have made a lot of money. Yes, obviously there's capital gains liabilities. Or do they think, right, do I want to self-manage? And I did a course. I've got a website called paulshampleaner.tv. And I did a course in the first lot. Uh, it was, yeah, more or less the first lockdown. I debate with two landlords and a letting agents on a course called self-manage or not to self-manage. For an hour and a half, and we debate, and every landlord's at a different journey. What was know? the? And I think that's where, where landlords are at crossroads. Like there was like a conclusion, or you know, like just you heard like both sides. Both sides, we debate yeah. it. We debate it. So some landlords want to self-manage; they want to be hands-on. Yeah. You know, they like the interaction. They want to be professional. They think they can give a good service. You know, but a lot of disputes that happen happen from very small things, and they escalate. You know, we started in um, we started we, we started four businesses in lockdown. We started a mortgage brokers. We started a deposit replacement home, as you know. We just we started uh, a letting agent advice line called HF Assist, and we started a mediation business. So we do mediation between landlords and tenants with disputes. You know, uh, and we did that when the notice periods went to six months, because obviously landlords were struck. You know, between March twenty. September 20, courts were not closed, they were suspended. So you could issue claims, but you couldn't have a hearing, you couldn't have an eviction date, nothing was happening. And then the build-up of rent arrears was quite catastrophic for a lot of landlords. We record amount of landlords we know uh, have over 12 months rent arrears. And now we, we've got a bigger debt recovery department now because we've got landlords that are trying to pursue the debt because they want county court judgments to be registered, you know. Yeah, sounds amazing. So if... So if if I come back to the self-managed or like versus you know use a manager, um, yeah, what would you you recommend if there is a recommendation for the for, from you to a newcomer landlord or someone that just starts now in properties going to to purchase his first or perhaps his second buy to let, um, and let's say that he has a job, so it's not like not the yeah. full time yeah. currently on property. So I think the first thing you've got to realise, trying to sort of, I mean, look, the market is, is really buoyant. Right? Who would have thought it? We were in a pandemic. We're in a pandemic. And we thought things would have fallen over. Bear in mind, the interest rate is less than half a percent. Interest rates will go up. 
but I reckon by a quarter percent by the end of the year, maybe one percent next year. So we know that's going to go up, cost of living, inflation, all yes. that stuff. I think rents will also, uh, rents are still going up as well. I think finding and sourcing a property is the sexy stuff. Yeah, finding a deal, but actually making it pay and doing the property management is the difficult stuff. And so I think that you need to, you know, besides everyone stating do your diligence, do your diligence, you know, I think you need to go onto websites like Landlord Zone, Property 118, go onto Property Tribes, go onto Property Landlord Today, go on Landlord Sites, find out what's happening in the market, okay? Understand what PropTech is. Understand if you're going to get a letting agent, they're going to do let only. What do they offer for let only? What support do they do for let? And what's their terms of business? What do they do to what they don't they do? Because they, the front end they do for you to try and get you compliant. Understand also... Try and engage with other landlords, because believe it or not, landlords don't grow on trees, but you could be playing golf, and you might be playing with a landlord. Get advice, you know, understand, go on, look, listen to podcasts, hear webinars from me and other people in the industry, okay? Because you'll want to know about property investment, finance, tax, understand about tax, understand about a stress testing for a, ta- of a stress testing for your tax. Actually, also... If you are looking at investing and building this up, this is a business. So why not put a business plan together? Think about if you're going to do some investment or you're going to do. So what is it? You know, I'm, I'm actually investing in the Northwest at the moment with a mate of mine. Really good mate. My best mate is a DJ and a music producer. He's driven me mad for years. I said, OK, so we're going to do it. We set a limited company up. We're looking at going. We're going for yields. OK, we're going for income. The capital growth won't be as good as it will be. But, you know, in, in London, you, you're getting yields of 3 4% if you're lucky. You know, we're, we're going for 8 10 12%. So we're taking our time. We're meeting the right partners, okay, looking at the areas, looking at where, you know, where we think, you know, what type of tenant do you want to rent to? Is it a family? Is it a young professional? Do you want to go to the student market? Understand what you want to do and understand what your strengths and weaknesses are. So, you know... Do you want to be that hands-on person? It's not for everyone, okay? Uh, and how far are the properties from where you live, okay? Have you got good emergency people around you? Because also, one thing that you have to do is you have to make sure your tenant lives in a safe property and you have to pay for repairs. And the biggest complaints and the biggest uh, disputes relate to repairs because the landlord hasn't dealt with it or they, they've just left it, or they've paid a little bit of money, and the tenant thinks that the landlord's saving money and he's cutting corners, and it leaves a bad taste in their mouth. And then, of course, it's about the relationship. So I think it's really important to price your property as well at a good price point. So, you know, don't put it for the highest price. Understand locally what agents are renting for. Qualify an agent, really, really qualify an agent. So when you're finding an agent, and this is really important, because a lot of guys that will come to your platform, they might use agents and then they'll take it on and they'll put it on your platform, I presume, or use organisations like Open Rent or whatever to do the let. But I think what you need to do is when you qualify an agent, do they belong to a trade body? What redress scheme? Have they got client money protection in place? Do they, do they belong? Um, have they, are they in review sites? Can you get landlord testimonials? What's their terms of business? Do you understand their terms of business? How often, how quickly do they pay you the rent? Or, you know, I mean, if they're doing rent collection and it depends what you want to do, how much hands on or, you know, so um, I think just take your time. 
take your time. And as a landlord, you will make mistakes. That's guaranteed. But make sure they're not costly. Yes. Because of that, you need to take the buffers. And you need to make sure that, uh, as you said, I think that the plan, the business plan, is so important. And you need to take a look take, um, take a look on this journey as any any other business. Um, so totally agree with what you said. Yeah, I've done business plans for businesses or whatever. I'm doing one for our, me and my mate's business at the moment. You know, what we want to do, we want to, you know, we, wanna, we, we might go for 10 properties in three to four years. You're going to buy a first couple, then refinance and, and go up. But it's trying to get the deals, yes. you know, trying to get the deals. I think next year there'll be a bit more opportunity, but there's there's a lot of landlords exiting the market, without a doubt. We, we see this at Landlord Action. There's a lot of landlords coming into the market. There's a lot of landlords watching and waiting. There's some big funds coming in that are buying lots of stuff up because rental income is, is strong. And of course, permitted developments, there's a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of people changing usage from commercial to resi. I think you'll see the high streets were changing when obviously COVID was at its, at its height, you know, high street to homes, you know, some in, in smaller towns and stuff. Um, you, you might get some change of use that are happening there. So there's opportunities, serviced offices. Obviously, the short-term Airbnb market got a absolutely battered. Yeah. That's all coming back now. Uh, and I think also, if you're looking for a portfolio, and I'm definitely going to think about it, you've got to mix it up. It's important. But uh, it's long-term game. It ain't quick. Yeah, it's long-term. Long-term. And, and here we have, by the way, at Lendo, the Dean Analyzer model that helps, can help you build this this plan. So basically, you can take a look on the numbers, be conservative, put all the all the purchase costs that you think that might be associated with the purchase, and then also assess what are going to be the ongoing expenses of this property and some long-term assumption. So what we okay? So you you've sold it to me. Okay. I'll be a, I'll be a customer. Okay. You you can I, you can I can dummy trial it. <laughs> so yeah, so we can definitely uh, start building your plan in. in yeah okay and you can put uh, you know also say uh, some uh, long-term assumptions what is going to be the, the inflation over the years um, and right. also the property appreciation in this area and then you can take a look at so what what is going to be with my investment in 10 years or even in 20 years um, right. yes yeah, something I wanted like to perhaps like to even like to end our session because we are running out of time is that something very like that you really like that you said about like that you are going now to take a look on the tenant uh, type is it like it's going to be a family or a student or a young couple and it's so important because as you said like in the beginning your your, your tenants as a landlord are, are your, your customers and uh and you need to, to say okay what are like the needs of this property if you want to take a look at on the, the long term uh is it a, a yield or just like property appreciation journey or and i think it's it's so important um so I mean, I, I'm, I'm speaking to someone at the moment and there's a tenant that's been in the property for 22 yes, years. Okay. Paying a lower rent, that'd be, for me, that'd be perfect. Yeah, of course, because... That is a home. That is a home yeah, for because someone. Because if you take the vacancy uh, average, and we see it like with our users, when you have, uh, you know, like switching uh, like tenants and tenancies every year, you know, we, we see customers doing it even every, every six months. Okay? So... And, and also during these periods, you have some problems. And if you just the, the the last, you know, the, the COVID nineteen period, we saw like many landlords need to go to the LHA rates, the, the universe credit rates, 
or just you know to give up on some like few months of rent um, and the vacancy average vacancy um, it, you know like the lower it basically it will basically balance each other so I think perhaps it's mm. better even to keep low rent for 20 years rather than just increasing the which yeah, I mean, definitely, it is that it is that stability, and I think it is important because you take a view. I mean, I've got a mate of mine; he's one of the biggest landlords in Brighton. Grew up with yeah. him. He's had a tenant in there for about seventeen years. He goes, Paul, I put the rent up about four years ago. She pays below market value. She looks after the property. She's a dream tenant. You know, we have a really good before. We have a, we have a good rapport. We have, we have a really good understanding. And I think that's what you want, you know, especially for the, you, you know, your customers, your landlords that are more personal, that want to self-manage, you know, uh, I think it's important. But you need to understand what your competition is. So, yeah, you know, quite easily you can go and write, move and Zoopla and find out what they're renting for. Is it realistic? Speak to agents. You get your diligence. You know, what's the offering? Why that two bed flat down the road? What has that got that I haven't got? And why are they achieving that? Actually, can I, you know, what you need to do. Historically, landlords have gone to letting agents because historically they most probably will get better tenants than if you do it by yourself. Okay? And tenants prefer dealing with letting agents. That that is a fact generally. But obviously landlord action we evict bad tenants, landlords uh, from landlords and letting agents, you know. And I think what you need to do is the price point's really important because there's five things that keep a landlord awake at night, Avram. Rent arrears, void periods, tax, section 24 tax, uh, funding repairs can be a major stress for landlords. And now, which is realistic, is government regulation. You know, landlords, uh, the, the government now have turned and said, if you want to be a landlord, you've got to be registered, which will be landlord redress or even a redress or a, a registration like, like in Wales and in Scotland, they have landlord registration. But you've got to start thinking professionally. I mean, landlords in Wales have to go on courses called Rent Smart Wales to learn about what to do. And that's happening with letting agents called Regulation Property Agents. So the game now is you've got to be more professional, you've got to be more informed. And uh, being naive, uh, those days have ended, really. But we, have a major, we still have a major issue in our industry because you need the funding to be able to enforce against the bad landlords. And there are bad landlords out there, albeit you know, uh, not a big percentage, a small percentage. Yeah, of course, absolutely. I think uh, just to say that, you know, uh, data is also something that's so, so important. Um, just like you repeat what I just said. Uh, okay, Paul, so I uh, wanted like, like to thank you very much. You're welcome. so insightful and uh, I learned a lot. And uh, I will see you like uh, hopefully in the in the next uh, se season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely, and, we, and uh, I look forward to seeing you soon, Avram. And good luck with everyone. And uh, I look forward to going your platform. Oh, for sure, sure. We'll schedule a demo soon. <laughs> Thank okay. you very much, Paul. Thank, Thank you. Everyone. Thank you. And see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye. Bye. Bye. We hope you got value from this episode. Please remember to follow or subscribe on your favourite podcast app to be updated with future episodes of the Digital Landlord Podcast.